Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm joined by Dave Zuverink with the Slim Pack by Slim Fold. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Roy. All right, so Dave, you're a serial Kickstarterer. Uh, tell <laughs> us about the history. Where does it all start? Yeah, I mean, I actually started the company back in 2010, so there wasn't really Kickstarter around. And um, I was selling, uh, I created a, a very slim wallet. It's actually the thinnest wallet in the world made from Tyvek. And I was selling those at like street fairs in San Francisco, Renegade Craft Fair, stuff like that. So, um, once Kickstarter came around, I uh, launched my follow-up product on there, which was the Slim Fold Micro. And yeah, from there, it was, you know, the, the, first, the first campaign was just a really good match for for my uh backers and um continued on to create the company out of that so that's killer so, yeah you've done two previous campaigns all around the wallet now you're running right now the slim pack weatherproof minimal commuter backpack how has your product line evolved has it been from the consumer feedback and tapping into the community of backers that you've built yeah, exactly. So, this latest project did kind of take a turn because, you know, I had previously done uh, two different wallets and I did a survey actually after my second campaign and just asked folks, you know, what should I make next? So, I was, you know, kind of expecting, you know, taller wallet, shorter wallet, you know, lots of different things. And Meanwhile, I had been looking for, you know, a backpack at the time. I actually asked for one for Christmas for my wife and I couldn't find one that I like. So, I, I put that on there as, you know, one potential option and to my surprise, it came out as the number one request. So, really that kind of set me on the path to create this uh, different different product even though I knew it was going to be, you know, more difficult to make and take longer. It took about two years in the development process, but, you know, having that survey and listening to the backers kind of helped me, you know, know that that was something that, that they were interested in. And that's what I love to hear, Dave, that you tapped into your audience, you asked them what they wanted and let alone you still wanted a backpack on your own and you snuck it in there. But, um, you know, you actually took their advice and now you're seeing success from that by tapping into it, you know, raising over 100K already for your campaign with, you know, three weeks to go. Uh, obviously, you've listened and people, you know, are, are backing you because of that. Yeah. And it gave me that kind of imagining the launch day is always a bit of a concern, especially if you're making something that's different than previous products. So, you know, it made me feel then uh, more confident that that people were going to want it. 
So we noticed some unique trends in your campaign strategy where you're getting a lot of feedback and asking for a lot of feedback with a lot of your campaigns. Do you feel like that's been, you know, really a key to your success with your campaigns is that you're actually listening to your audience? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it helps make the products better, not just during the campaign, but after the campaign. You know, in my last project, I made a, um, a, a, a wallet made from a material called soft shell that, that's a lot stronger. So, Overall, that product was in response to just making something that's absolutely the longest lasting possible wallet. But I had a label on the front that I spent months like tweaking and, and I had, you know, special molds made. And I, I personally was kind of like in love with this label. But when people saw that, they were kind of like, ah, I don't know, it, it looks a little thick to me. You know, my whole concept is for a thin wallet. So... You know, during the course of that, I actually completely changed that and then researched and found a, learned about heat press and a, a way to make a flat, flat logo. And the, the backers responded to that. But as well, then that became my product after the Kickstarter, which I feel like that's made the product be more successful because, you know, ne- otherwise I, I would never have known before launching the actual product. People would say, oh, yeah, that's a nice product, but, I'm not so sure about that thick looking rubber label on there. So what have you done to show backers, you know, how your backpack is different from other bags that are currently on Kickstarter? There's seems to be a a trend right now with a lot of bags and backpacks. And we just recently finished, you know, marketing a campaign that did about a million dollars for a backpack. What, What have you done to differentiate yourself? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. I mean, for one, you know, it is surprising that other, you know, there there are other bags. You know, I know Peak Design is a huge one out there. They've they've made, the, and I knew they were working on a backpack. But you know, I I pretty much try to keep an eye on the product that I'm trying to make and um, not worry too much about what other people are making. And one of one of the ways I'm able to do that is to really look at the needs and the goal of the product that I'm making and the way that I'm making it. So, I really deconstructed the whole way that a pack is made. So, I started with what the things are that you carry instead of thinking of the typical backpack and then, you know, you have something in your mind and you may tweak that starting design a little bit instead of, I, I started from zero and started from like the foot I literally have a like a CAD drawing of a Mac what a MacBook Pro size is what a mirrorless um, DSLR or, or a mirrorless camera is you know what an iPad is so I started with the footprint of those items that I knew people wanted to carry and then built the minimal amount around that as a shell so, I think from that design approach and just rethinking everything about every piece of the, the bag, that allows me to arrive at different design conclusions. And then for the campaign, what I basically have to do is describe that process and illustrate why, you know, what the solution is that I came up with and why it solves that problem. And then if people resonate with that, then they'll jump in. 
So you guys launched it with a $20,000 funding goal. You reached that very quickly in the same day you launched it, did about $60,000 in the first 48 hours. What do you think led to your success, you know, right off the bat? Was it just tapping into your community, letting them know, listen, we made it. You asked for it. Go buy it. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really blown away by the, by the response. You know, I was, I was hoping, like I said, you know, that I had done that survey and hoped that people wanted it. But so it was really my, um, my email list and previous backers that, that helped make that, that first day. I guess I did it slightly differently. I didn't, I didn't so much, you know, do a lot of pre-campaign, uh, sneak peek stuff, kind of building stuff up. I just more released it when it was ready and then people could go and check it out. And then over time, I'm kind of, describing, you know, more and more detail as we go in the campaign. Interesting. How did you guys start getting your first press hits on this campaign? Was there anything different that you've done campaign to campaign that's seen more success on the press side? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's funny. I mean, I there, there's, you know, any kind of plans you have going in, you know, you never know what the hit rate is going to be. And then what what usually happens is something comes up that's that's unexpected and, and unplanned. So, this was this was pretty similar. There were, you know, I did the, the traditional kind of outreach to several places. Some of them wrote about it. Some of them didn't. And then one of the ones that ended up to be the biggest contributors was um, it got picked up in uh, the next web. And that was actually a previous customer who has the soft shell wallet was on my, you know, loves it, was on my mailing list. And when I announced the product, he wrote back and said, Hey, you know, uh, I'd love to feature this on the next web. And, um, and so I ended up even sending him a sample. Um, so, so he wrote one description of, you know, just that the project had launched, um, said kind of like, this might be the perfect backpack. And then when I sent him a sample and he used it, he wrote a follow-up and said, this actually really is the perfect backpack. So, that was awesome to uh, to get that, you know. So, I basically have had, you know, one really more larger uh, uh, press hit, but then the rest of them, it's it's been a little bit more hit, hit or miss. Yeah, and they can tend to be that way, definitely, but it's obviously great to have uh, a backer of your campaign have, you know, quality media outreach capabilities for your product like the next web that, you know, certainly sees millions of visitors a month. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should like search through my email list for, <laughs> for other folks. I don't know. That might be a good idea, you know, but right. they should have reached out to you if they love their product so much. Maybe they you need to do a sample request email and see if anybody yeah. wants to review it while you've got a few weeks left on the campaign. Um, you mentioned a few things, but you know what? What has been the biggest surprise so far from running this campaign to running your first campaign five, six years ago? Well, my first campaign was, uh, yeah, like more like four years ago. I so saw the 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 original ones. The original time was selling at street fairs, but but one difference is that when I ran my first campaign, I brought twenty percent of my backers from my own lists and my own 
you know, my own activities. Whereas Kickstarter, you know, it got traction and really it was one of the first really popular wallets on Kickstarter. So Kickstarter brought 80%. And then in my last two campaigns, I've seen that flip where I'm bringing 80% and Kickstarter is only bringing 20% of the backers. So I think that's that's been a change that there's just so many projects that it's not something where you can just put something up there and if people like it, it'll get its own traction. That probably used to be the case, but isn't so much the case anymore. Um, I was also surprised by the positive and, and, and quick response from my backers, even though it's at a higher price point. But I was also a little bit surprised at the price sensitivity within the different tiers. So, you know, once the very first tier filled up, the the backer uh, rate really slowed down a lot. And um, the the difference between the tiers was only like $10. So, I was, I was kind of surprised by that. Definitely, definitely. So, what, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to launch a product on Kickstarter? You know, I, I think... For one, you know, the obvious is these days you really need to bring at least some of your own audience to Kickstarter. So, you know, you, you know, look at your email list, think how many backers you need in order to be successful. Uh, set your goal as low as you can, like in order to what, what you would really need to actually want to do the project. If, if it's below that, then it's, it's great information and, and you, you know, you don't, you don't want to do the project if it's, if it doesn't have that support. You want to change something about the product. So, you know, you can figure on something between three, possibly 10% conversion rate and that'll give you, you know, the number of actual people that you, you need to be responsible for, 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 for creating that conversion and bringing them to Kickstarter. And then I guess I guess the last thing I'd say is, you know, Kickstarter is not necessarily the, the best place for a the very first concept of an idea. It doesn't have to be. You know, if you can create some kind of prototype, you know, try to sell it yourself in some other forum or even online or see what the response is. And, you know, Kickstarter might be a really good place for a kind of version 2 or version 1.5 of something. Once you've done some initial tweaks uh, or or plan on doing two Kickstarters, do one really small one as a proof of concept and do a follow-up once you have it more together instead of shooting for, you know, the the million-dollar project with a 1.0 product that you're and, – and especially that all goes double if you're making any kind of product for the first time. Absolutely. Sound advice, Dave. This gets us into our launch round where I rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? Yep, sure. So, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I guess I've kind of been a tinkerer for all my life making products. And then I went to uh, industrial design school and really enjoyed the process of coming up with an idea and making it. But in, you know, in industry, you end up you don't come up with the complete concept yourself, unlike school projects. So this is kind of a ability to to go back to that school project experience where you're coming up with the the end to end solution and then having that resonate with people is really rewarding. 
Absolutely. So if you could go backpacking with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, man, probably uh, I'd say James Dyson. I really resonate with kind of his design approach and and kind of the methodical prototyping that he engages in and, as well as his his explanation of his products. I, I'd like to pick his brain. We, uh, we might be able to make that happen, Dave. He's actually one of our contacts here at Command Partners. So, uh, I'll connect with you after this and maybe we can make that happen. But what would be your first question for James? Man, I'd, I'd like to understand his connection with the Japanese market. I read his autobiography and I think it's interesting how someone quirky with a kind of quirky approach to things resonated with, um, with, with Japan. So, I'd like to see what that connection is. Got it. What uh, what book is on your nightstand right now? Uh, you know, one that uh, I'm I, I'm really happy with uh, that I just got done with is Essentialism uh, by Greg McEwen. Uh, that that from a mindset point of view, I, I really help really helps um, kind of eliminate all of the extra unneeded things we we do and we think about. Indeed. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to continue to expand the, the Slimfold brand and, and, you know, do some, some other everyday, everyday carry products. I'd also like to, you know, add some other brands potentially or products, you know, maybe aimed at helping people lead simpler happier and more productive lives. And then, you know, just sharing more about entrepreneurship also to, to try to help others make, make their own products. Awesome. Last question, Dave, what does the future of crowdfunding look like? You know, I, I hope that it can help more the little guy again. It seems like there was kind of a golden age for that. And I feel like if I were to launch my product again today, my first product, I don't know that it would be successful. So, I hope that there is maybe a new platform or a, a category uh, or I mean, even the UI in Kickstarter can have a huge difference, honestly. They changed things where it used to be that it was most popular to where it became staff picks. You know, even a little change like that has a huge impact on which products are, you know, deemed successful. So, I hope maybe they can figure that out or someone can figure that out to where, you know, the products are connected to the people who would have the opportunity to support projects they're interested in. Because I just think it's a shame if if somehow good products, good people are launching things that uh, are are just not getting supported, not because they're, you know, anything wrong with the product. It's just people don't see it. No, I agree. I agree. Dave, you've been awesome. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy a Slimfold. Sure. I mean, uh, the the Slim Pack is is basically got a lot of the technical features that you'd find in backpacking backpacks. It's It's super durable. But it's more, you know, appropriate in a professional setting. It's weatherproof and modular. So, it's great for commuting and um, it'll keep your stuff dry even if you don't have a rain cover or anything like that. 
Awesome. Dave, thank you again for being on here. Everyone, obviously, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all of the show notes, a full transcript, links to the campaign, and everything we talked about today. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you love this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.